Do you ever feel like you're in a never-ending cycle of snacks and meals? We get it. That's why we're excited to share Home Threads, the ultimate solution for creating a stylish and functional family space. At HomeThreads.com, discover furniture that can handle the chaos of family life. From wipeable dining chairs to kitchen tables and light fixtures. Or you can just freshen up your kitchen with trays, counter lamps, decor, and other affordable accents that will help you update your kitchen into a room you love spending time in. Head over to HomeThreads.com slash D-I-J-F-Y, short for Dinner and I Just Feed You, to get a code for 15% off your first order. Because if you're going to be feeding them three times a day, plus snacks, you deserve a home that feeds your style. HomeThreads, love where you live. That's HomeThreads.com backslash D-I-J-F-Y today to get 15% off your first order. This episode is brought to you with support from Whole Foods. As a resident Greek girl, I am a sucker for Mediterranean flavors and want you to taste the Mediterranean too. Go to Whole Foods Market now and save on regionally inspired products through March 19th. Find sales on animal welfare certified meat, including boneless, skinless, air-chilled chicken breast, bone-in beef short ribs, ground lamb, and more. Save on whole bronzini and sustainable wild-caught sockeye salmon. And stock up on Mediterranean essentials like feta cheese crumbles, whole wheat pita pockets, and if you're over 21, wines from Spain, Greece, and Italy. Grab your ingredients and experiment with family-friendly Mediterranean cuisine today. Think Greek-style ground lamb pitas, lemony oven-roasted chicken, or bronzino, or instant pot short ribs braised in wine. All simple and delicious. Taste the Mediterranean now at Whole Foods Market. Hey guys, it's Stacy, and I'm here to help you say goodbye to dry, boring chicken dinners with my new cookbook, Winner Winner Chicken Dinner, 50 Winning Ways to Cook It Up. It's a practical handbook of go-to chicken recipes that will help you solve dinner. From Filipino-style chicken adobo made in an Instant Pot to a weeknight version of classic chicken salt and boca, kid-approved chicken parmesan meatballs to pineapple chicken salad with toasted coconut, This book is packed with modern, vibrant recipes so you can roast, grill, slow cook, sheet pan, and braise your way to dinner deliciousness. Get your copy on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or IndieBound, or at your local independent bookstore. All links are available at didn'tijustfeedyou.com. Treat your herbs like flowers. So when you bring home parsley, even green onions, take them out of those plastic bags and stick them in a cup with a little bit of water so that they can suck up the water, they don't dry out, but also they're not like suffocating in the plastic bag and going bad. Welcome to Didn't I Just Feed You? A podcast about feeding kids. Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Stacy. Hey guys, before we get started, we want to make sure that if you haven't already, you take a moment to hit subscribe wherever you're listening to us right now. That way you don't miss a single episode. And if you're feeling generous, you can rate and review too. It helps a ton. Plus, we know you can do it while you're listening because you're a parent, which means you're also a master multitasker. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. Today, we're going to talk about Earth Day. Just kidding. Hey, really, really practical and talk about reducing food waste. But it is. This is around Earth Day. Yes. And 
You know, one of the, I know, the people who talk about silver linings around quarantine and a global pandemic can be a little bit annoying sometimes. What if it's just a speck of silver, not a whole silver Okay, a speck of silver. There you go. Um, Or a speck of bronze, which I've heard is like antimicrobial or something. Oh, okay. Um, Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Bring that knowledge to us, Stacey. Mm -hmm. Um, That the earth is like thriving without us traveling and driving and going and it's kind of amazing like i've heard that national parks are filled with wildlife and like all this kind of amazing stuff is happening in nature while we hang back for once we being humans there's so many new views that you couldn't see before that you can see again because there's less smog in the air there's so much wonderful stuff which is an argument for us not just going back to the status quo yes. when all of this is this over with. I love that. Right? And I think that what we're going to talk about today actually applies. So I do think that, you know, we try to talk about this periodically. I think around Earth Day last year, we spoke to Roe, formerly of Brown Kids, and she talked to us about reducing waste and how that can also help you reduce debt. And it really, like, everybody's tuning into this in a very real and visceral way right now. Like, we're trying to use up everything we have because there's a lot of financial insecurity. And also, like, we just don't want to go out if we don't have to. Um, And I do think that there's some habits that I hope people are forming. Habits that I'm also forming. Oh, That I would, like, not be consistent with, right? That, like, I'm doing now that I really want to stick with me into my cooking beyond this. I want you to say a lot more about that because I think that you're pretty great. Having listened again to, recently to our episode with Ro about the things that you're, you were already doing in your kitchen to just in general reduce waste. And maybe that was more around like paper products and single use plastic. But today we're specifically talking about food waste. So like what is the most exciting thing to you that you're having to do during quarantine that you feel like you want to stick with? Okay, so I actually am going to go back to that episode because I... I said then almost a year ago that I wanted to reduce paper towels, that I had done a good job, I felt like, of reducing plastic in my kitchen. But I can get into such a bad place with paper towels. And let me tell you, everyone hoarded toilet paper. I'm not having a hard time finding toilet paper here in New York City. I cannot find paper towels. And and we mentioned this to somebody. Mike mentioned it to somebody on, like, you know people he works with and everybody's in new york city and like two people were like we've heard that like no one can find paper towels in all of new york city so i don't know if that's real or not but we have a few rolls left and it's like no like that is for essential stuff and we've gone back to cloth napkins i recommitted myself and bought even more of those silicone it's not silicone they have silicone in them but they're those like weird reusable paper towels they're swedish cloths do you know what i mean you know what they yes are? i do know i thought you were going to say unpaper towels which are cotton and those are my favorite but i i do know what you're talking about it's like there's even more structure to it yes and i yes. love that and also because my 13 year old has had a low-grade fever going on uh almost two i weeks. know by the time this airs though so hopefully he'll be feeling yes. better you'll yes. be like but It'll i've been, been able over. to like 
I have to, like, I want to wash everything at the end of the night. I don't normally yeah. do laundry daily. So it's just like, give it, like, everyone has an assigned cloth napkin in the morning. I use all the reusable stuff. And then I just do a mini, uh, like, quick wash. Yeah. So I feel really good about that. And although I'm generally good about, like, making sure I don't waste food, we're being better about leftovers because that's like the one thing. Everyone's like, mm, that was delicious. What amazing meal are you going to cook us today, mom? And you're like, like, no, we're eating this for the next week. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm, we're using we're using it. And we're ordering in less like we normally order in once mm-hmm. a week and go out. Once, like we're cooking like it's from Oof, scratch. It's, getting, it's real here. What about you? <laughs> That's really hard. I didn't come prepared to answer my own question, but I asked you. (laughs) I just think there are things that I know I can do and I should do, but pre-quarantine life, I would be kind of lazy about those things. Like, I've for a long time kept a couple of bags, like freezer bags, in the freezer, one to put meat scraps in, like bones and skin from trimming chicken, and one to put veggie scraps in so I can make veggie broth or I can make chicken broth or I can combine the two and make a really robust broth. But when life felt really busy, I mean, life still feels busy, <laughs> even in quarantine, maybe in a completely different way. But it, now more I can't busy, just like, if you yes, ask me. Yes. But now I can't just run out to the store when I need broth or yeah. stock for a recipe. So like I have to make it myself. And same thing, like when you're repurposing a lot of leftovers, those are ingredients that you want to have on hand. Like you want to have broth and stock on hand. So you can turn like your leftover roast into soup or into chili. And so if anything, it's just reminding me what I already know and making me actually put that into practice, which is good. And maybe if I can systemize it enough in quarantine, maybe when we're done, I'll keep keep it up. Fingers crossed. (laughs) You guys, hold me accountable. Well, okay, we will, A, and like, let's get into what you know, like, let's talk about it. So we're going to sort of take a two-prong approach to reducing waste in the kitchen today. We're going to talk about how to make your food last longer, because that reduces food waste in terms of you like never getting to something and it going bad, it turning, and then you having to toss it, right? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Which is the worst. And you're just like, oh, here I go. I'm going to throw $3 away worth of cucumber because it's like slimy in the bottom of the drawer. Yeah, that is the worst. And I don't, you like, oh my gosh, you like really poured a tiny bit of salt in my tiny wound because cucumbers are really the one, they're always my big mistake. Do Are they? Yeah. We fly through them. But what happens is we'll we'll cut part of one up for a snack and then the other half will go back in the crisper drawer and then just get lost underneath the lettuce and we'll never see it again until like we really get to the bottom of the crisper drawer and then you're like ah oh, dang that was just a l- I- give all the cucumbers to daisy <laughs> <laughs> she would be stoked on that she is a very food motivated dog Are, but also they all no our other dog miles like he will yes if you want to share a carrot with him he is game for it but like He's not going to saunter into the kitchen or, like, try to get up on the counter and steal stuff. And Daisy will, for sure. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Ziggy will, too. Can we take a very quick side note? Because Oliver, I'm going to have to pop this into the show notes. 
Oliver found a YouTube channel, I think through his teacher, who's a like dog fanatic too, where this couple has these two dogs and then they like prepare plates of food. It's usually like raw fruits and vegetables and like funny stuff that you're like, will a dog like that? I don't know. And then they set up a table with a tablecloth and everything and they've trained their two dogs to like sit there and then they're like, okay. And like waiters, they put two plates down and then they kind of narrate in like a dog's voice like one is super food motivated it's like your house and the other one isn't and one's like mm, yeah mm, just oh, this is delicious it. yes and then but they do the voice and they like what they imagine he's thinking and it's hilarious and super cute i'm gonna find the link from all of it. okay you have to share it in the show notes and before we get back on track i need to know do you guys have a voice that you use when you're like impersonating ziggy because <laughs> We have one dog voice for both dogs. We have like one one dog voice for like (laughs) most dogs. For most dogs, yeah. What's yours? Oh my God, I don't feel like I can't do it under this pressure right now. Uh, I, I feel similarly. Do you want to we're describe gonna have to it do or it on try? Instagram Live or something. What? Okay. All right. Let's do it on Instagram Live. That's okay. good. You guys, every Thursday, we've been trying to hop on Thursday, Friday, but once a week, we've been trying to hop on Instagram Live. No agenda, just a cocktail and you guys and chatting. So there, join us so you can hear us do dog voices. <laughs> What a pull. Oh, okay. Where were we? Oh, we were where were we before we even got here? Okay, oh. using scraps, two prongs. So we're gonna talk about how to make your food last longer and then how to use up all those scraps so that you throw away less as you prep food. Where do you want to start? Okay, I wanna start with something you just shared with me, which is that you wanna check your fridge temperature. Okay, let's talk about it. So We're going to start with talking about how to make your food last longer. And I think the number one tip here is that most people keep their fridge at too high a temperature. A lot of fridges kind of default to 40 or 42 degrees. And actually, 37 is optimal for food storage. So, and it depends. You know, if you set it on 37, but you have a fridge that runs cold, it might actually, the temperature inside the cabinet might end up being lower than 37 and you might find ice crystals forming, that's no good. So the idea is to set it to whatever temperature or setting helps you get the air circulating inside the closed fridge to around 37 degrees. But right at the beginning of quarantine, I cranked the temperature down, like I made it colder because I knew that A, my fridge was going to have a ton more stuff in it and be like I needed everything to last longer. And it really was such a reminder. I was like, oh yeah, why didn't I adjust my fridge before? So that's a really big one for me. Also, you're probably saving energy that way. And if you feel like your fridge is running cold, it's a really good excuse to go ahead and buy an inexpensive fridge thermometer. Yes, that's good. That's a great idea. And actually, I've read that like consumer reports and like most refrigerators are not great at regulating their own temperature. And the best way to know is to just get a fridge thermometer that you keep inside. They're very inexpensive, as you said. Okay. Here's one of my other favorite little tips. Treat your herbs like flowers. So when you bring home parsley, um, even green onions, instead of just like leaving them in the plastic produce bag, I said bring home, but maybe it's grocery delivery. Either one, take them out of those plastic bags and stick them in a cup with a little bit of water so that they 
like can suck up the water. They don't dry out, but also they're not like suffocating in the plastic bag and going bad. Yes, that's and like, okay. So can we talk about this thing that's going around? Everybody regrowing their vegetables. I think it's like one of those like quarantine bingo. Like, have you made sourdough? Yes. Yes. <laughs> have you baked banana bread? <laughs> have you regrown your scallions? Yeah. Have so, you? I have it. No, I haven't. Done I that totally yet. have one going, but we're like using it as science, a science experiment with the kids. Yeah, that's really that makes sense. I'm gonna, you know, it's almost spring, so I'm hoping to like start growing some stuff outside again. But yeah, so putting stuff in water, and that goes for like if you're regrowing, or if even if you're just keeping it back in the fridge, like a bunch of cilantro, right? Yes, um, I do think some people would suggest, like depending on how packed your fridge is, if you're storing your um, herbs like flowers to also like cover them with either plastic wrap or like a reusable shower cap something to keep them from like absorbing the other smells in the fridge and picking up moisture because like too much moisture will rot your herbs and like not enough will also just dry them out and then they'll be shrivelly and you won't e- won't want to use them yep okay speaking of roe let's just we're going to talk about yeah. roe this whole episode because right. she gave us both this great tip and you've been keeping up with it and i haven't been i keep up with this one religiously because it really makes a difference i use it mostly for berries because they turn so quickly but i do it also with grapes because grapes are hella expensive wtf the grapes here are so expensive and like you get like a huge amount and i feel like we just don't go through them fast enough so i'm sure there's a ratio You can look it up online. We'll probably do the due diligence and add it to our show notes. But literally, I just fill a bowl with cold tap water and put two like hearty glugs of white vinegar into the water to make a solution. I'm not even mindful of the ratio. And then I let the fruit sit in that solution for about 10 or 15 minutes. Then I drain the fruit, give it a very like quick rinse and lay it all out on a dish towel in a single layer so that it can air dry completely. So like all day or overnight. And then once the fruit is bone dry, no moisture, because moisture is really what causes a lot of decomposition. Um, then I will pack it in glass containers or any kind of totally like resealed airtight container. And Everything lasts so, so much longer. Word up. I need to get back to that. Also, decomposition is such a great word. (laughs) And (laughs) makes me think of this little tip for prepping your lettuce or your greens when you bring them home. One, if you're buying like a whole head of lettuce, please, please, please don't store it in the plastic bag in your fridge. Again, it's going to trap moisture in there. It's a living thing that's not going to be able to breathe and you're just going to end up with rotted lettuce. Um, so go ahead and like take it out of the plastic bag and you can ra- like put it in one of those mesh produce bags or wrap it loosely in paper towels so it can breathe. But also the paper towels will wick away the moisture. But if you're buying like the clamshells of mixed greens or spinach, when you get them home, open up the clamshell, put two layers of paper towels or again, you can use like clean cloth napkins on top of the greens and then when you store the clamshell store it upside down so basically like all the moisture that's sitting on the greens or that might accumulate in your fridge as the temperature changes will drip down and absorb into that paper towel or that cloth and keep your greens lasting longer 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 longer. i have a question about that because my understanding is that those clamshells also have like 
gases trapped in them, not bad kinds of gases, like naturals that helps yeah. them stay fresh longer, especially if it's the kind of clamshell that has the plastic seal mm-hmm. on top. Some brands do that, some don't. You find that often with baby spinach, which is really delicate. So I usually, I've always assumed that the best way that's going to last is just like that, untouched. And then I do what you're talking about with the paper towel once I've opened the package to use some of the greens. Oh, what do you think? I've never do you heard know? of this like gassing the clamshell. Yeah. So I want to read more about that and learn. I mean, okay. Let's if that's look the into thing, that for the I show just, notes. We should, for sure. I just got in this habit. I think the faux Martha turned me on to this little tip. Like, she shared it on Instagram, and I was like, oh, that's brilliant. But I also think, like, there isn't a large gap of time where, like, mixed greens are sitting in my fridge. I know that that's not the case for everyone. Like, I think that that's a meme on the internet that's, like, if you ever get through a full clamshell of mixed greens, like, you deserve basically a gold medal for adulting. Um, (laughs) That's hilarious. I like when we get in a little debate and we have to do some research. I know. Debate, I like that, too. You know. So let's. <laughs> yeah, let's, fo- let's okay. follow up. Okay. If you don't get things in a clamshell, though, do you do the prep tip where, like, you wash your lettuce, let it dry completely, then take a very lightly damp paper towel, wrap it around the leaves that have been washed and put it inside a plastic bag? Okay, I didn't mention this one because I think it's specific to certain types of lettuce and there's not like one just really great, like you can't be like all lettuces, but heartier and crisper lettuces like romaine and red leaf can stand that treatment but don't don't try it with like your arugula or your mixed greens. Or butter lettuce or baby spinach. Or butter lettuce. Yeah. Although you can, like, not rinse it and just, like, break it into its pieces and roll it in paper towels and stick it in a plastic bag, and it will last longer that way. But I find when I do that, Stacey, I'm just going to be really honest, I forget what it is in yes, the fridge. Yes, totally. <laughs> so you know what I and have in it goes my bad. fridge? Exactly because of that. I bought tons of beets because I've been buying like, um, you know, just heartier veg that will last longer for quarantine. But I wanted to save the greens and I did that. So I washed them thoroughly. I let them air dry completely because they were already cut from the beets. So and then and they're hearty. So I lightly dampened paper towels. I rolled up the beet greens. I put it in a Ziploc bag, airtight. I like squeezed out all the air. I did such a good job. And literally I did that two weeks ago. And today I was like, what is this bag with paper towels? And I can't see what's in it. And it's the green, it's the baked greens. But amazingly, and... <laughs> they're good. <laughs> okay, wow. But you now you feel the pressure. You're like, okay. Yeah. I really got lucky here. Totally. I need to cook these. Totally. Immediately. Totally. Yes. A couple of other things. Uh, Mushrooms in a paper bag. Yes. Okay. This is my favorite, favorite tip of all time because it took me like forever to realize this. I would let my avocados ripen on the counter as they should. And then as soon as they ripen, this is also a meme, right? Where it's like 8 a.m. Perfect. Like 8 to 5 a.m. Black. Yes. (laughs) As soon as your avocado is perfectly ripe, pop it into the refrigerator. And it'll stay ripe. It's like putting the pause button on it. Yes. It's the most amazing thing ever. It still amazes me every time I say it or experience it. And we should we should link to this because this is like a hot button issue around like heirloom tomatoes. But sort of this idea that like once tomatoes, you know, everyone's like, don't store your tomatoes in the fridge. You like can never do it. Like just takes all the flavor out. And there's actually like 
now some more research. Why are people researching this? I don't know, but they are. Um, (laughs) That like once tomatoes reach their peak ripeness, if you were to stick them in the fridge, it actually won't kill any of the flavor. You do want to bring it back up to room temperature to truly enjoy that flavor, but you can store it and sort of like halt it at its peak ripeness by sticking it in the fridge. We should link to some research on that. I know. And I've heard that. And I like it feels weird. I feel like I'm breaking a cardinal rule or something. But I think we should try it this summer when we have good tomatoes. But then it's always like, oh, if it if it doesn't work, I've just ruined a good tomato. And it's like it's like losing gold. It's the price of science. Stacey. You're it's right. The price of science. We do okay. it for you guys. Let's talk real quick about fruits, because there's a lot of like store this with that, but not with that. And it's a little confusing. Yeah, so I always thought it was like you just don't store apples and bananas, but you were telling me that it's like don't store apples with any other fruit. Yeah, so apparently like apples, pear, banana, mango, plum, nectarine, and honeydew melon all release high amounts of, what is it? Is it ethylene, I think? Ethanol is what I think it is. Oh, Okay. Oh, we'll I don't know. Maybe we have a lot to look up. I just for pulled this right out of my brain. Of a gas that um, basically uh, expedites ripening. Yes. And when you store them together, that gas makes the fruit rot faster. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. <laughs> so, yeah. um, apples are supposed to be stored in a bag, actually, and separately on their own, right? Yes. Cool and dark bananas place, separately D10. also. They'll last a really long time. Mm-hmm. Yep. And anything like avocados, grapes, watermelons, lemons, cantaloupe, peppers, onions, cucumbers, these are all things that are, it is, it's ethylene, I just looked it up, that have ethylene, they're sensitive to ethylene produce. So any of these things that we've mentioned so far are sensitive and or produce high amounts. So you just don't want to store them together because you're just kind of accelerating that. Okay, we got it. Ethylene. Ethylene. Don't store oh. together. We're gonna need a graph for this, Stacy. Bananas and kiwis it. too, apparently. Oh, okay. Uh-huh, I don't but, like kiwis enough. But things like cherries, pineapple, garlic, grapefruit, and blueberries can be safely stored together. Okay. I can't think of a time when I'll store my garlic and blueberries together. Me but either, like, but I'm there you like go. It. Wait, what about the really big one of like not storing your onions and potatoes together? Yeah. Same thing, right? Yeah, totally. It's the same thing. Okay. Um, and again, keeping those in a cool, dark place, but not your refrigerator because it's too damp in there. Yeah, totally. Okay. Last thing I feel really compelled to mention. I know I've mentioned part of this before, but you guys... You can freeze milk and cheese. You can freeze milk and cheese. <laughs> you can do it. You can do it. Okay. I wouldn't say like freeze milk for dr- for drinking or for putting on your breakfast cereal, but you can definitely freeze milk for baking with. And cheese, same thing. Like you're not going to want to eat that cheese fresh, but go ahead and like grate it, which I feel like just makes it easier actually to portion out and stick it in your freezer. And you can totally use it to top casseroles. Both will still taste so good out of the freezer, um, but their texture changes just a little bit. Hey, Megan. Uh, yeah. You're talking about milk. I think this is a perfect time to talk about next week's episode. Let's take a break and hear from our sponsor, and then we'll be right back to talk about how to use up our food scraps. Hey, Stacy, let's play a game. Tell me what ingredient you are flying through the fastest while we cook every meal from home. Oh, easy. I don't even have to think. Milk. 
us too. And I know our listeners are in the same boat because they've been asking tons of questions about how to stock up, how to use real milk substitutions, and even how to freeze milk. Totally, because milk is essential, right? That's why I'm so excited that we've teamed up with Milk, Love What's Real for our upcoming Mother's Day episode. I love next week's conversation with Chef Claudette, mom, restaurateur, and former Top Chef contestant who answered all of our milk questions and shared fantastic recipes, tips, and traditions from her own Mexican family that can help us keep Mother's Day simple, but very much alive. Because Megan, we mamas deserve a celebration, especially this year. (laughs) Here, here. Tune in next week for all the mama conversation, family traditions, recipe ideas, and of course, tips and resources. And in the meantime, visit MilkLife.com for recipes made with real milk that you can make today. Okay, Stacey, I just love this. We're going to jump back in with talking about using scraps by talking about cheese rinds. Um, just like keeping it simple here. Cheese, cream. Gosh, we love it all. Cheese, cream. Yeah, we love it all. I feel like this is another one of those things that people like take for granted. You can freeze and save and use your hard cheese rinds. So Parmesan cheese, Romano cheese. What other hard cheeses are there? Pecorino. Pecorino, thank you. Any of those, just save that end. You can stick it in the freezer if you want to until you have a bunch. And you can make like cheese broth. Oh my God, you can make cheese broth. (laughs) Or (laughs) I just heard the most genuine joy in your voice. (laughs) That was was so real. (laughs) I needed it. I needed it. Okay, cheese broth. Or just throw it in with your soups or other broths that you're making. It'll just add this like little bit of richness. Yeah, it's like to whatever a good you mommy deliciousness. It's good stuff. Yes. Okay. Oh man, I'm like a tiny bit embarrassed. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, oh, it's so I good. Am what I am. All right, so save those yes. rinds. Um, I'm going to talk about something that I've talked about before. In fact, our mini episode on quarantinis and other simple cocktails. Save like citrus peels, the tops of strawberries, anything like that for simple syrups or even just to flavor your water, honestly. Although like I'm not really I'm going to be I'm going to be real. I'm not flavoring my water personally. I know, like, no. what? don't even like, try and oh, quarantine spa water. Um, but listen, hey, cucumber ends, <laughs> like the ends of a lemon or lime when you just cut it off, even if you're not peeling it. Or I've used um, like clementine peels. I think you could do apple yeah, peels. Totally. Clearly, those are like the only things I'm peeling for my kids. <laughs> There's the only. <laughs> Maybe your grapes that are about to go bad. I'm not into grapes, so we, I don't oh, know about we, that. Oh, we know. But making simple syrups and flavoring your water and just generally making your beverages, enhancing your beverage game with your scraps. Yes, I love it. Okay, we talked a little bit about this at the beginning of the episode, but save your veggie scraps too. And any like chicken or meat bone, chicken or meat, chicken, (laughs) beef or pork bones that you have in the freezer and then you can turn those into stock. Can we talk Um, about stock for a little little minute? (laughs) 
I'll talk. Okay, uh, clearly, I, I can, it, only if it's cheese stock. That's the only thing I'm committed to talking about. Okay, I go ahead. don't usually save cruciferous vegetables for my stock because I feel like they make it really like weird tasting. So I don't save things. Get yeah, weird. broccoli or cauliflower stalks. Um, some people save kale stems, and I don't like that in my broth either. So it can take a little bit of experimentation. But onion tops are like, you know, when you split the onion in half and the top and the bottom, same with garlic, Mm -hmm. Uh, celery tops, carrots when you trim them, bell peppercorns, all that stuff is really good for vegetable stock. I agree about all the keel stems and stuff like that. It does not make your broth taste good. There are people too, I don't know if I agree with them or not, who say don't include like the skin of your onion or garlic because those things can make your broth bitter. Yeah. I I do it. I think they add a little bit of color to the broth that's nice. Um, but yeah, you do you for your freezer veggie Can broth. I ask you a question? Do you use potato like scraps? Potato peels in your veggie broth? I- I, I don't, don't either. But I can't also think of, like, most of the time when we're having potatoes, it's, like, roasted potatoes, and so I'm keeping the skin on, or we're doing baked potatoes. So, like, it's not that There's not that much regularly that I have potato scraps, I feel like. I guess I could make vodka. I'm at home. Mm. That's so <laughs> smart. <laughs> I'm only kidding. Clearly. No, I feel clearly. like that's a good. I'm, like, getting I'm desperate. I'm feeling that. Like, okay. Going too use? far, but I'm feeling We're not it. trying to be. Yes, you. there is a limit, right? So okay. cruciferous vegetables, if we're saying don't include them, I do want to say that I have started because, I mean, it's funny because I want to say, like, I have more time, but actually I have way less time. But I am mm-hmm. being a slightly more relaxed cook. Like, I do feel like I have less time in my day, but I am dedicating a little bit more time to cooking and cooking in a leisurely way. So... Instead of like buying bags of like broccoli slaw or anything like that, I'm just like saving the stems of the broccoli because my kids only like the top. I can't believe at 10 and 13 I have to deal with this, but it's true. They like the tree part. They don't like too much of the bra- the stalk. And I'll like cut it up and I'll like freeze yes. some parts. You have to peel the outside because the... It's not skin, but basically the most outer layer of cauliflower or broccoli stems can be really thick. Mm-hmm. Very fibrous. Yeah, so I'll peel them a little, yeah. cut them into little like rounds, and I'll either freeze them for smoothies or I'll julienne and like make something slaw-ish with them. I was a little surprised to hear you say smoothies. I thought the word that you were going to say was soups. Oh. I could do soups. Soups probably make more sense. You know that I don't really like soup that much. I'm not big into soup. Wow. 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 wow, wow. Okay. <laughs> we are. <laughs> we're too deep into this episode to go off on the side tangent. I feel like we're going to have to have a whole follow-up episode about the things we don't like. I mean, like. listen, I like it fine. And every time I get around to cooking it, I'm like, oh, yeah, I like it more than I th- thought I did. But I like... You're just not very motivated. No, to cook I like it, almost. It I like. really rarely cook soup, which I think that's a little bit different than not. Maybe liking you're it. right. I do. All right. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of things that you're not into, this is a thing we <laughs> talked about again at the beginning of the episode. But you can regrow your green onions, celery butts, celery ends, like butts. the stem end you of it or butts. the root end of it. 
I did. I did. I did. Uh, ditto like romaine lettuce. If you place them in a little bit of water, um, they will regrow and then you can eat them again and then continue to regrow them. So it's like regenerative farming on your kitchen windowsill <laughs> and maybe it's science for your distance learning that your kids are doing right yeah. now. Um, we'll link to some resources for that because neither of us are experts on it. We'll do that. Speaking of kids, um, my kids don't care that we can't waste food right now or we shouldn't waste <laughs> food right now. So we're definitely still, deal- still dealing with like the half eaten bananas, you know, strawberries and berries that are put on their plates, but not eaten up. And so we're just sticking those um, in the freezer, in a yep. freezer bag, and then reusing them for so, smoothies totally. so they don't go to waste. We're doing the yes. same thing. I also do this, like, again, those clamshells of greens that I, like, inevitably don't get yeah, to Yeah, you really, when you I talk about that like, a lot. <laughs> I know. You're like, you, I know. you buy a lot of clamshells that you don't get to. It's a source of, like, guilt really? for me because it's already, like, plastic pack packaging. And I'm, like, the only one, like, besides sauteing spinach sometimes for sides or throwing it in soups, like, I'm the only one who really, like, eats a salad regularly it, from those kinds of greens. Like, my kids like romaine and they like butter lettuce, a little bit heartier greens. So I've, I have a lot of guilt when they go bad. So it's always, like, it's a constant goal for me. So when they start, when they start to get quite, and here's the other thing, Stacey. If they, if even like one leaf goes bad, I'm like, nope. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. The whole clamshell ruined for me. I'm like Um, the opposite. I'll pick through it and all of her looks and it's like, are you kidding? I'm like, hey, (laughs) it's good for a smoothie. Move over, kid. I'm like literally like picking one leaf out of like a wet. Like it's got to be like some good um, probiotics. in there with that deep hey, I say it's good for a smoothie. I put, yes. I'll put anything okay. in a smoothie, obviously. You will. But so that's what I'm saying is stick that clamshell, whole thing. You don't have to prep anything. Stick the whole clamshell if you've got space into the freezer and then use those greens, that spinach in smoothies. You don't have to thaw it or anything. Just throw a handful in. And it crumbles pretty easily so you can literally like just grab a handful to make Totally. I just did that this morning with some kale. Speaking of freezing stuff, you have a brilliant tip that I don't take advantage of enough. Freezing herbs yes. yeah so you can just freeze herbs like that they you know when they thaw they're going to be a little soggy and it's not quite the same but like if you just don't know what to do and you're in a rush you can just freeze them however they are I, I like to wash them first I mean that's like the proper way but otherwise a better technique is to wash them dry them chop them up and then put them in an ice cube tray with oil. And then you basically have these like ready to go cubes for cooking. That's really, really convenient. I'll also just like make pesto or make a chimichurri or make whatever it is that I like making with herbs and then freeze it in cubes as well. So smart. That also reminds me that you can do that with like garlic that's about to go bad. Or if you buy like too many onions and you feel like you're not going to get to them, go ahead and chop them up and stick them in the freezer too so they don't go to waste. And you know, like, so we're talking about how to freeze like your kale or your spinach or your herbs. But like, there's also all this other like food scrap stuff, like leftovers that aren't quite enough to make a meal or just like a bunch of things that pile up the same way you might just save your vegetable scraps in your freezer for vegetable uh, broth. You can also like just save them in the refrigerator for two nights from now and make a soup or, you know, make a zucchini slash carrot bread. (laughs) Like 
you can improvise or like stir fried noodles, which is those like random little vegetables that you have left over. Um, that makes me think that that's like the next generation of the nextovers. And if you haven't listened to our interview with Epicurious's David Tamarkin, you should listen to that because although the premise of that episode was like cooking in bulk, so you have leftovers to eat throughout the week as a form of meal prep, what we talked about is actually really relevant right now when we're all experiencing cooking fatigue and we have scraps and we want to use them up like little bits of this and little bits of that. Um, There's a lot of great ideas in there for how to use up food that is not necessarily going bad, but you need to eat it up in a, in a way that maybe is like fun and delicious and new for your family. Yes. As ever, we will continue this conversation in our listeners group and hopefully we'll get a lot of answers to a lot of our <laughs> questions. That we have and more today. tips because I bet there are more. Our listeners group is so freaking smart and helpful. So smart. Yes. So I bet they have Sometimes, lots of like, tips. Too. I, we get tagged in stuff and then I'll go, like, literally, it'll be a minute and someone will be like, Stacey and Megan, what about this? And like 20 other people yes. have already answered the questions. Like, we just, we don't even need to it's be in there besides to amazing. improve you guys. I love that group so much, even more right now. So without any more from us, find us is Didn't I Just Feed You on Instagram and Facebook. You can join our private listeners group with the code word whiskey. It is our favorite cocktail. Please don't add us. <laughs> Most importantly, subscribe to Didn't I Just Feed You so you don't miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, you know what I'm going to say. Please rate and review. It makes a really big difference. It helps people find us. And it is just bringing us joy in this crazy, crazy time. Speaking of this crazy time, a huge thank you to our editor, Samantha Gatsik, who is going to have to edit a lot of my noisy children out of this recording. <laughs> our music is Good Old Times by Alex Cohen, provided by Jamendo. I'm Megan. And I'm Stacy. Stay sane and well-fed until next week. Be sure to subscribe to Didn't I Just Feed You wherever you're listening. And don't forget to rate and review.